Welcome to the Grad School Femtoring Podcast, the place for first-gen students of color to prepare for grad school. This is Dr. Yvette Martinez Fu, and I will be serving as your femtor, providing you with tips and tricks and everything else you need to know to get into and successfully navigate grad school. For over 10 years, I've been helping first-gen students of color get into top grad programs in their field, and I'm really excited to support you on your academic journey too. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grad School Femme Touring Podcast. This is your host, Dr. Yvette. And today I am going to be doing something a little bit differently. If you can't tell by the sound of my voice, I'm a little under the weather. Not so under the weather that I can't um, function, but just enough that I am reverting to my plan B. If you've heard me talk about productivity, sustainable productivity in particular, you may know that I'm a big fan of setting minimum and maximum goals. I also have my plan A routine and workload and plan B routine workload. So plan A is assuming that everything falls into place. I'm feeling well. Um, what are the things that I need to get done to be thriving? Plan B is more about what to do when life happens. And we know that life just really, really can happen. And sometimes in the most unexpected of times, and sometimes it's an entire season that we're living through of life happening and having to revert to a plan B. You can, you cannot always put everything on pause. You cannot always kind of take extended breaks. And so what do you do when you're in my case, not so sick that I need to completely take a break, but sick enough that I am not at my best. That's my plan B. My plan B are the minimum goals to help me stay afloat and make sure that I can kind of sustain myself, my family, our lifestyle, our health. Um, and so what's been going on for us, just to, to share a little bit more uh, about my my personal update is we've been probably ha we've had more sick days than we've had um days where we haven't been sick and by sick i mean um cold flu type of illness i do have a chronic illness and i feel sick every day because of that but in different ways and that's a different type of illness that i've learned to kind of manage on my own um but with uh cold and flu season it, it really started uh, when my daughter started daycare in September. And so it's been over two months of just vacillating between starting to get better, getting sick again, starting to get better, getting sick again. And this is four people you're talking about myself, um, my husband and my two kids, but especially my little one, because she is a COVID baby. Uh, we had been in a COVID bubble for over two years. Very careful. Uh, we're one of the odd Novid families where we have not gotten COVID. We have tested ourselves. We've gotten sick, but not COVID. And um, so my daughter's developing her immune system. Something similar happened to my son when he started daycare was he got sick a lot and it was rough. And this was um, when my son was a toddler. And so this was seven years ago. And it's really interesting to me to be going through different life cycles where 
you have um, occurrences that happen that may bring back old memories that resemble or are somewhat parallel to previous experiences. So for me, that previous experience was my son being a toddler, getting really sick, me being a struggling grad student, um, really, really struggling with my physical health, with my mental health, with stay, doing things afloat. And then on the outside, everything seeming like it, things were okay. I've been told by so many people for so long that I always seem to have things um, together, like I seem so put together. And so, you know, one thing that I like to do and share in this podcast is to kind of take um, off that mask or that facade and to share when I am struggling. And so right now I'm struggling with my with my physical health, which sometimes also triggers my mental health. So I'm trying to be very careful with um, managing my symptoms and also doing the things that I know that help me to get by. And for me, having that plan B, having a set routine, uh, doing things to make sure that I'm taking care of myself and also remaining functional, those are all essential for me. So going back to the podcast, this podcast is not just about reminding you to have your own form of plan B when life happens for you. Um, it's also to share a little bit more about a kind of my podcasting process. And today I'm, I'm going to be sharing an excerpt of some of my writing that I've shared in my newsletter. Why? Well, I do have um, several episodes that have been batch recorded, but I have a system. I have a process that I follow for ensuring that these episodes get released in the way that I prefer that they get released. So I create flyers, I reach out to guests to share information about when and how their podcast episode is going to be released. I make sure that each podcast episode has a transcript. So all these things need to happen. It's at least four hours of work every single week for that no one pays me for um, to get this information out to you. And um, But today I thought, well, you know what? I have... I have my newsletter that I've kind of revamped and in that newsletter, I am sharing my insights on grad school, on sustainable productivity and personal development because I had this aha moment um, recently, you know, within the last couple of months that those are the things that really light me up. Those are the things that I really, really love. And so those are the things that I'm thinking about a lot and I'm writing about about my thoughts, what I'm learning, what I'm reading, what I'm listening to related to those three topics. And so in my last newsletter, which I released last week, um, I shared how to regain creativity in grad school and beyond. That's, those are, that's kind of like the main topic of that newsletter post. And I'm also, so if you want to hear more about my thoughts on those topics, definitely sign up for my email newsletter. But if you don't want to sign up, I'm going to be sharing these thoughts and my writing a few days to a week after I release my newsletter on my blog. So first release it on, in the newsletter. You'll be the first one to find out about all my updates. So email newsletter is the best place for any most recent updates. Then after that, I'll be releasing the writing in my blog because I do have a blog on my website that I have not been putting to good use. And so, you know me, I love creating system, making things kind of simplifying things, working smarter, not harder. And so how am I doing that? I'm going to be sharing my writing on um, first on my newsletter and then on my blog post. 
Um, it's just another way to make the information that I share more accessible. Um, so yeah, I'm going to be reading that, that excerpt. If you like it, sign up for my email newsletter or check out my blog post um, to learn more. Okay, so for today, how to regain creativity in grad school and beyond. I lost my creativity in grad school. Creativity was once my solace, my refuge. As a child, when things seemed to be crumbling at home, I could always turn to a pen and paper. I could stay after school and participate in drama club. I could turn to reading about other people's lives and pretend they were my own. And for those brief moments, I felt empowered. But in grad school, I suddenly lost my creative voice. Theater practice was discouraged and research on critical theory was encouraged. Creative writing was frowned upon and academic or scholarly writing was praised. Reading about anything other than foundational scholarship in my field was scoffed at, and reading work that would push my scholarship forward was a requirement. In my drive to produce groundbreaking scholarship about Mexicana and Chicana theater, I lost my voice and my passion for the topic altogether. Everything was about playing the game. It was about doing the work necessary to get a coveted tenure track job at an R1 institution rather than doing work that mattered, which to me meant work that would directly and positively impact others like me. To my surprise, my shift into entrepreneurship is helping me rediscover my creativity. I get to write. I've got my forthcoming grad school film touring guide this newsletter and blog post, content creation, brainstorming children's book topics, and journaling for fun. I get to perform vis-a-vis -vis my podcast recordings, guest interviews, and public talks. I get to read for fun. I'm enjoying reading about social justice, productivity, personal development, entrepreneurship, personal finance, and first-gen immigrant stories. For this newsletter and blog post, I thought I'd share four easy ways to regain your creativity, no matter where you are in your schooling, career, and life. How can you be creative while simultaneously working on improving your efficiency at work? Believe it or not, being creative can improve your productivity by, among other reasons, encouraging you to try new things and giving yourself permission to make mistakes and then learn from them. Getting creative within your academic workload can mean, one, allowing yourself to free write about anything that comes to mind before getting started on writing for your manuscript. Two, getting curious about how you do what you do and consider if there are different ways to do things. Three, leaning on collaboration to mutually learn from each other's strengths. Four, identifying a problem, and then coming up with several options to solve it. Okay, now number one, free writing is the act of writing nonstop in a, in a stream of consciousness way for a delimited period of time. Free writing is a helpful tool for writers because it helps us release our thoughts. Contrary to popular belief, you do not need to know what you are writing about to get started. 
You also don't need to have all your thoughts gathered and organized to begin. The act of writing itself can help you to clarify your thoughts. Remember, it's okay to make a mess. It's okay to write the way you think or the way you speak. It's okay to make countless grammatical and syntactical errors. The thing about writing in a creative way is that you allow yourself to do what comes naturally to you and see where it takes you. Let me share a personal example. The first time that I started intentionally free writing was in undergrad. My faculty mentor at the time encouraged me to do it and to send her my messy notes on all things related to my undergraduate research topic. I would free write about books and articles I read, about performances I watched, about concepts I learned in other classes, and so forth. And I cringed at the thought of sharing my notes with her. I also felt ashamed each time I walked into her office to receive her feedback. That shame brought to mind the six-year-old me that was in ESL, English as a Second Language classes, and struggled with language arts. But it worked. This free writing exercise helped me to combat my writer's block and produce enough ideas to write a senior thesis. Two, changing the way that I approached writing transformed my relationship to writing. Similarly, getting curious about how, about the how of anything that you do can be a transformative act. Have you ever wondered, is there another way to do this? How can I make this easier? Do I have to keep doing things in this way? You actually do not have to do things the way they've always been done. Yes, we all have things that we do to meet our basic needs, pay our bills and survive. But there are so many decisions in our day that we make subconsciously without realizing that there are other ways to do it. For instance, I once had a client who struggled with her email inbox. It got so bad that she developed email anxiety and dreaded opening her email and responding to thousands of unread messages. Her inbox also served as a metaphor for feeling like her life was a mess. But in actuality, her life wasn't a mess. She was doing the best she could given her circumstances. Not only that, but she was also rocking other areas of her life. But she had not considered that perhaps there was another way to approach her email inbox to help manage the overwhelm. In our coaching sessions, we brainstormed some options and co-created a system that worked for her. And guess what? Her inbox isn't perfectly clean. Mine isn't either, by the way. But she's maintained the system and no longer feels the heavy weight of anxiety that she used to experience. Three. You can learn a lot from collaborating with others, whether that's a peer, a mentor, femtor, or a coach. Collaboration can also help you to regain your creativity because we all have different strengths, approaches, and perspectives to offer. I have been working collaboratively with the Chicana Motherwork Collective since 2014. Through this collective, I gained valuable experience in how to work laterally in a grassroots way and without needing to be tied to a particular institution. I learned how to be patient, how to make decisions slowly and deliberately, and how to hold space for all opinions before taking action. 
Ultimately, it has resulted in us presenting our work at multiple conferences, creating a podcast and blog to share our work in a more accessible way, and co-editing a best-selling anthology. Unfortunately, in many disciplines, including my doctoral program, collaboration wasn't praised. What was praised was individual scholarly research projects and sole-authored publications. But years later, my relationship and collaborative work with this collective remains. I continue to learn from my wise, artistic, lighthearted, and brilliant comadres. The tie-in here is leaning into curiosity and being willing to try new things, especially in community. You don't have to do things right the first time. And if you give yourself the time to reflect and assess, your creativity in grad school and beyond has the potential to help you do things in a way that works best with that in a way that works best with you in mind in light of your body your mind and your spirit four this is what i do in my coaching sessions all of my clients approach me with a problem or outcome they are seeking for example i am feeling stuck and need a change or i need help with time management or I want to submit strong applications. After that, in our coaching sessions, we brainstorm possible options to help them come up with their own solution and form a plan. I also share strategies based on my expertise, and I ask key questions to help them gain clarity on the topic, problem, or project that they're working on. The point is not for me to give you the answers and tell you what to do, The purpose is to use the coaching session as an opportunity for you to have someone that will hold space for you, that will listen as you make your own decisions, that will co-create a plan with you, and that will hold you accountable to making a positive change in your life. This week, I encourage you to set aside 20 to 30 minutes for creativity and creative thinking. Then see where it takes you. If you're enjoying reading my newsletter and blog posts, please check out my other latest posts on micro forms of self-care, which is again on my blog, gradschoolfemtrain.com slash blog. And if you want extra support on setting and reaching your academic and personal goals, you can always schedule a coaching consultation with me. That's it. That's the excerpt. That's my newsletter and blog writing. I hope you found it helpful and hopefully by this time next week, I will have another brand new episode with a guest that you'll enjoy and these cold symptoms will start to lighten up before we have another round of illnesses. (laughs) So thank you for bearing with me and I will talk to you all next time. Thanks so much for joining me in the Grad School Fem Touring Podcast. If you liked what you heard, here are three ways you can support the show. The first is to make sure you're subscribed and leave a review of the podcast. If you leave me a review on Apple Podcasts, you become eligible for a free half-hour coaching session with me. Yes, that's right, one free session. Once you leave a review, you can email me a screenshot and I'll send you a link to sign up. The second way to show your love is to get yourself a copy of my free 15-page grad school fam touring kit, which includes resources on research, organization, grad school, and career prep. 
go to gradschoolfemturing.com slash kit to get it today. The third and last way to support my show is to follow me on social media. I am on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, and occasionally TikTok with the handle at gradschoolfemturing. Thanks again and until next time.